0: Welcome to Selling the Naked Truth. Welcome back to Selling the Naked Truth. I am your co host, Susan.
1: And I am Jason.
0: And we are coming at you from the beautiful, magnificent Steamboat Springs, Colorado.
1: It's gorgeous here. It's
0: gorgeous. It is warm. It's toasty out there, too. Mm,
1: That sun is intense.
0: Yeah. And the kiddos are napping, so that's when mom and dad get to do our podcast stuff. So we've got a good one for you today, though. This is um, something that I have been in the throes of with my Dame MBA students, and it's basically talking about your competition. Yes. We're going to talk today about something that is so valuable for your business and you probably don't even know it and it's competitor analysis.
1: Right. I, I think that a lot of people are, you know, they think that their business is awesome because they, have, they haven't really gone out and experienced multiple mm-hmm. businesses. I remember, shoot, eight ten years ago, you used to go with me to like we used to travel and then go see a salon yeah you know and we would get a service done because we wanted to see outside of the you know current marketplace yes. what was going on mm-hmm. and so we could bring back some useful information and gather you know success from somebody else right into and bring it into our market space make it your own obviously but right. you know you did that
0: I feel like if you just stay in your tiny little bubble and you don't get out there and see what your competition is doing, you're missing, what's that called? Tunnel
1: Tunnel vision. vision. It's
0: like tunnel vision, you know, and Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to basically serve your clients in such a, such a bigger, bolder way. Mm -hmm. If you can get out there and see what the holes are in the market. And so the thing that I think a lot of people get caught up on, and you guys know, I've come from the salon industry where like turf wars are real. <laughs> it's real. Mm-hmm. And it's the catty stuff that goes on. I mean, realistically it doesn't have
1: to be competition, you right. know? it's another business owner that has a very unique perspective on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And, You could learn from that, and it doesn't have to be your backyard. Go, you know, forty-five minutes away. Go two hours away. Go ten states away. Oh
0: my gosh! I mean, you know, my salons were in Fort Collins, Colorado. I would do competitor competitor analysis when I'd go to New York City, when I'd go to Florida, when I'd go to Las Vegas. Anywhere I went, I was always checking out what people were doing in other markets. Not to be nosy, not to go steal ideas or anything like that, but to basically, I was just curious, like what other ideas do people have out there? I want to see this. How are they executing it?
1: Guess what? It's okay to steal ideas. It's You're not reinventing <sighs> well, the wheel. Yeah,
0: I mean, for that's first and foremost. There is really no such thing as a new idea anymore. Everything's a derivative. It's recycled, right? Exactly. So I think the most important thing that I want to remind everybody... And and this is for you. This episode's for you if you're, you know, if you're a network marketing business owner, guess what? You're a business owner too, okay? So I, I have a lot of uh, clean beauty bosses that follow me. I love them. I love seeing how each of them show up. And so if you're somebody out there that's a network marketing business professional, maybe you're a real estate agent, you could be a salesperson, Jason's in the auto industry, you could be a brick and mortar business owner, this episode is for you. And I want to start by just reminding you that competition is not a bad thing. It holds us accountable to our clients. And if we didn't have competition, think about it. If you were the only gig in town, you're probably not going to evolve at the rate that your clients and customers might want to have a truly wow factor experience.
1: Well, think about this, if you're the only one in town, why? What, you know, is your business a successful footprint for long periods of time if you're the only one, right? right. I mean, th- there are other manufacturers, other brands and they're, you know, doing the same thing, but they have a unique sense mm-hmm. about themselves, mm-hmm. you know,
0: Well, basically, when it comes to competitor analysis, I'm going to tell you three ways, if you have no clue what competitor analysis is, three ways that you can get out there and start doing some. And what I want to tell you is that the goal is basically for you to see what your competition is doing. And from that, you want to, you want to see what holes there are in your market so that so that you can figure out how you're going to serve your niche and your market better.
1: Yeah, I mean, truly th- this is an analogy and, you know, if you're sitting there and you decorate your home to exactly what you want it to be and it's beautiful, right? And and you think like, "Oh my gosh, this is great." But what you ended up doing was was making, you know, panel boarding and, you know, it's and it was from 1960. People are going to walk in and be like, oh, my gosh, like, what do these people do? But you thought it was great. Right. So if you're in your oh. business and you think it's great, but it's not on the cutting edge at the forefront, mm-hmm. you're not going to have the other people thinking the same way. Right. right?
0: Well, the truth is, if especially I, I, I actually believe whether you own an online business or a, a brick and mortar business, I think you always have to be evolving. It's not negotiable. Like well, you you always have to be evolving.
1: And and more so in the you know social media world mm-hmm. because if you're not continuously evolving, you become stale to those individuals that are out there looking at millions of people. Right. Right. On a daily basis.
0: Right. And I think what it comes down to is I mean, this goes a little bit into unfair advantage and building a red carpet experience, which by the way, is something that we deep dive into in my program, the Dame MBA. It's a 90 day mentorship and business accelerator. We're not going to go into that today, but let's bring it back to competitor analysis and just analyzing your competitor. So mm-hmm. what I want you to do is, and and some of my students just went out and did their competitor analysis. And I had a couple that came back to me a little like deflated. You know, they were like, wow, like this place had a really big marketing budget and all their pictures were like so high dollar and, you know, they have this and they have that. And I just feel like, who am I to even be in this marketplace? Well, what was interesting about this was this person in particular noticed that there was no men being portrayed basically in the marketing. She's a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I love working with men. Like, they're loyal. They come back, you know, every few weeks. And so I kind of had to talk her through that and say, y- we want to come at this from a lens of curiosity and not comparison. Mm-hmm. So we want to be curious about, oh, where are there holes that I can fill in the marketplace?
1: Sure. And I right? mean, if you're going to go down that road, let's use men, right? Mm-hmm. You probably want to create your salon or mm-hmm. your place of business mm-hmm. to be able to attract those individuals so when they're there they feel comfortable right i mean right. you're not going to have a women's flair to the to the salon right if you're having a, a male right demographic walk right. in i mean right. know your audience talk to them that way.
0: Yes, exactly. So remember, when you go out there and you do your competitor analysis, you want to make sure that you're going at it with a lens of curiosity and not comparison. Now, there are three ways that I want to share with you and we want to kind of enlighten you on how you can get out there today and start doing some competitor analysis, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's three ways that you can creep up on your competition. Now, the first one is you want to creep up on their marketing, okay?
1: So when you say creep up, like you you gotta you gotta explain that, like you know, like like do some creeping, like you know, go in and totally investigate online. I feel like I
0: feel like when I say creeping, uh-huh. that's like behind the scenes, right? Because okay. the third way that I'm going to give you is just going to be flat out. You're just I'll, I'll tell you, okay? Yeah. So it's it's not like. I'm just saying you don't have to announce yourself. Hi, like I'm planning on opening up a competitor business like two blocks down the street. Okay, but go online. But everything that we want to know is online. So sure. go look at their marketing. Go look at their website. And when you do that, make note. Like, what do you like about it? What did you not like about it? Was it user friendly? Right. You know, did you, What's the vibe? Like, did it seem thoughtful and intentional? Because for a lot of people, marketing and a website is the first touch.
1: I, I think that a lot of businesses, and I'm going to speak to a, a just a different level. You know, in the automotive business, everything seems the same. Uh-huh. Right. You know, every website, no matter what you're on, looks exactly the same. And I have been trying to get our owners to say, I don't need the automotive template. What we need to do is create a website that is different, that speaks to us, that speaks about us, that really is a business website mm-hmm. that sells cars. Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. an automotive website that same. conducts business, right? Right? That's
0: the same as everybody else's, yeah. And,
1: and we're never, we're never going to get past that because they're like, "Oh, Jason, that doesn't make sense," you mm-hmm. know? Because what they are accustomed to is, you know, let's just say eighty years of doing business the same exact way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And that's the point that you're making. Right. Like if you if you want to continue to grow, you can't stay the same.
0: Right. So go out there, go check out their marketing. And I'll tell you guys, when I started my brick and mortar salon, it was, you know, in 2008, I ended up there. Was, I didn't have a lot of competition, but I did have some. I had a Honda Accord and I wrapped that sucker in pink. And it said Pluck Polish Pamper. It had like my salon name and (laughs) yeah. Well, it was it was an old car, but I didn't care. I was like, I just want people to see like what it is. And I'm in town, and I knew that that pink pink car was going to turn their heads. And within two years, I upgraded because my business had grown, and I knew that Honda Accord wasn't really a good representation anymore. So I got myself a Mini Cooper, and I wrapped that in pink.
1: Accord would have been no. Honda Accord
0: was not was not the vibe that
1: well. Yours just happened to be an old vehicle, that, right? That right. But it didn't matter.
0: Like you know, right. nobody else in nobody else in my market was advertising in that yeah. way, and so I, you know, did competitor analysis. You guys, I had a spreadsheet, and I sh- actually share this in the Dame MBA, but I compared so many things, pricing, and services, but marketing is a good place to start, okay? Because your marketing is going to explain to you kind of what the vibe, what the mood, what the thing mm-hmm. is that they're trying to put out into the world.
1: Well, I mean, I, I've been kind of like jotting down notes today about this kind of stuff and like understand the specifics of the marketplace and where you hold that advantage. And that's what you did without mm-hmm. even really realizing how to do it. I mean, I went through a lot of schooling And higher education Uh and quote, unquote, higher education and paid a lot of money Uh to go and get this information Uh right where you took it in a different level on the street Uh and you learned it along the way. And I'm proud of you for what you've you know, been able to, to accomplish.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So the second way that you can creep up on your competition is you can get online and check out, uh, client reviews. Okay. This is a great place for you to go read about customer experiences. Now I do want you to understand that, Reviews don't tell the whole picture, okay? Because there's, I mean, even with my salon, like, we had a lot of really great reviews. But, you know, you'd have, like, the unreasonable client that would come along, and they, you didn't give them exactly what they wanted. And, oh, hang on a second.
1: The- Those are, you used to say is that the unreasonable client that puts the their comment out, into the world mm-hmm. it's how the business owner handles that yes
0: yes that's that's was going to be my next point so right. what you what you want to look at is not just necessarily the reviews but how does the business handle the bad reviews that come in right. and i used to go in and respond to every single i got to a point where i was responding to all reviews not just bad reviews but i used to go in and respond to all of them like mm-hmm. gratitude when people took the time because it meant the world to me and then when they were writing a bad review and I, I would always, you know, put it, either it was a big apology that we missed the mark or it was, you know, maybe shedding light on the other side of the story mm-hmm. so that everybody that was reading it understood that there was more to the story that, than what was being represented. But I always tried to do that in a very... uh gracious way and not in a reactionary, defensive way. Right. So, But online reviews are a great place for you to conduct uh, competitor analysis and see, you know, what's the experience for customers?
1: So I've actually sat through multiple courses and one of them was on, well, not one of them, a full couple weeks of, of training on digital marketing. And everywhere that, you know, every one of the classes that I have taken, state- Whatever your digital presence is, it needs to be translated exactly into the storefront. If it there is a storefront, mm-hmm. if there isn't a storefront and you're just a digital presence, you need to have that same presence in your own reflection on your own Instagram or your own social media. You know, if, if you have a private social media, great. But if you have you as the business owner, you need to make sure that that's represented in the same way. You can't have this business profile and then all of a sudden all these drunk photos of yourself Oh, out my there gosh. And, and partying with, with all your girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever. you know. And you're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then they're like, oh, gosh, because that's what they're doing. Your competition, not your competition, but also your clientele are creeping on you.
0: Yeah, they, they are. They, they absolutely they are. They want to know, like, who is this person? Right. In fact, I i mean, not that I was ever, ever posting pictures of me doing keg stands and stuff like that, but um, I always kept my social media private, like, for the majority of the time that I owned my brick and mortar it was private it's the exact reason why if you went over to my facebook and found me you'd see that i have less than 500 followers like i just was very selective i didn't i just needed something that was going to be private well
1: create your own private but then have a public one as well and your public one
0: that you want to create for your business yes I, i think yes Yes, we don't want to go down the rabbit hole of like social media. Sure. Should you have two accounts, one account today? Because that's a loaded question. But yes, I think your business one should should be professional. Mm-mm. Yeah, always. Definitely. All right. Well, that leads into the other thing that you kind of already like put out there. And, um, the third way is that you can get out there and do competitor analysis right now mm-hmm. is you can go experience your competition for yourself. And I had tons of people mm-hmm. that came in and did that on my business over the years. Um, you know, checking out what I was doing and yeah, there were a couple of times where people tried to replicate it and you know, it wasn't quite the same. Um, but I think that the reason why you want to do this is, and you can be forward about it. You know, if if some, or you don't have to. You could just go in and be a customer. Go see what is That's the customer should be doing yes. anyway. What what is the customer experience before I before I opened my brick and mortar salon? I went into every salon in Fort Collins, mm-hmm. hair salons, and mm-hmm. basically what I did in each place is I had a, a couple items for what I loved and a couple items that I didn't love. And it's a great way for you to see. Um, And I think it's so interesting that we. there's so much for us to gain and learn from the don'ts. You know, I went into one place and they put paraffin on my hands and it was like molten lava. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they didn't even care. Like, they didn't care.
1: Remember in in my line of work, uh, I won't say what type of car, but Susan wanted a specific type of vehicle. She went into the place and the experience that we received listen i've been doing my business for 23 mm-hmm. years this month it'll mm-hmm. be 23 years this month we ran a jeans and a t-shirt mm-hmm. and you know i'm fully tattooed i mean i won't deny that by any means but they immediately ignored us at the door and did not look at us in a way that we could purchase that car now this was an expensive vehicle but I- I
0: I don't know why you're hiding it.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm not trying to be pretentious or anything.
0: Well, no. I mean, listen... Go ahead. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, my business was really doing well. I it was time ty- I was in a car accident. I w- didn't feel comfortable in my Mini anymore, and I knew that I had grown to a level of business where I could get the nice car that I wanted. I wanted a Porsche Cayenne, mm-hmm. you know? And they treated us like garbage. garbage. And um, I ended up getting a Range Rover, so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but, but the fact of the matter is, is we've both, they judged us before they even knew anything about us at all
0: right and you were still in the auto business I still am right but at that but at that time you were and that was a great like competitor analysis situation for you because that dealership was less than two miles away from you
1: Oh, yeah, less than a mile. Less than a mile. So
0: it's kind of like, oh, that's how they're treating their customers there. Right. And so, you know, I had a situation where when I was doing competitor analysis before I opened my salon, um, where I went into a salon and I stood there for five minutes before anybody even greeted me. Mm -hmm. And people that worked there that didn't work the front desk saw me. They didn't smile. They didn't say anything. It was kind of a general feeling of like, yeah, it's not my job. And so as a customer, it made me feel Rejected. Right. It made me feel not important. Um, and I left that experience going, okay, that's going to be unacceptable in my salon. And it was. I mean, part of our policy was that every client needed to be greeted within, I think, like 10 seconds of them entering. Like a smile and, hi, how are you today?
1: When I was 18 years old, I worked at a place called Von Maurer And you and I have talked mm-hmm. about this. Their number one competition was Nordstrom. Right? I mean, they were trying to be Nordstrom, mm-hmm. and they were a smaller organization, yeah. right? and they were out of Iowa. And and they stated that if anybody was five feet from you, you had to say hello to them, mm-hmm. greet them into Von Mar, and how can we assist you? Mm-hmm. And everybody did it. And some people that were i mean remember this is chicago right some people were like god you guys are so friendly you know like okay enough is enough like you guys all say hello how can we assist Mm -hmm. you but then when it came across as a genuine thing Mm -hmm. you know where it wasn't like you know just the robotic answer right right and it was the genuine feel then people felt comfortable to spend money right and We had a policy, which was interesting. Um, So I worked in shoes. Everybody knows if they listen to this podcast, I sold shoes. They allowed us to take men, women, doesn't matter, and walk them through the whole entire store and be able to pair everything up. Now, we worked on commission. So that, to me, was like, okay, they're not just going to spend on a pair of shoes. I I can now go get them to buy other stuff, you know, and I can make all the commission on it. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it as a much bigger picture. Um, you know, the the customer service level, the opportunity to change your business is sitting right in front of you, mm-hmm. right? And what you're talking about is your competition may already be doing it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you're not. Mm-hmm. But your business might look great. Mm-hmm. But if it's not serving the with the same mentality as you have as a business owner and all of your people aren't doing what you anticipate it's coming across that way to your to your clientele
0: mm, that's a good point yeah well to summarize on all of that I think you know we are recommending if get out there do the competitor analysis you have to. yeah creep up on the marketing yep. creep up on those online reviews and then go experience the business for yourself and don't stop after you open your doors Right, keep going like keep checking out businesses when you travel you know look at places online and and then i want you to remember that you don't you know I don't want you to be obsessed. I don't want you to creep like where it's distracting you because I've spoken about this before. Think about when you're driving a car, okay, and you take your eyes off the road and it's so easy for you to veer off track. Sure. So it's the same thing in business. And early on in my business, yeah, early on in my business, one of the mistakes that I made, and this could be also, you know, if you run. If you're in sales or you work under the umbrella of somebody's business and you're you are your own business, but I remember, you know, after I started, I had done the competitor analysis and then I didn't let it go. I kept paying attention all the time. What is my competition doing? What are they doing? That's dangerous because then it does become like a comparison game. It's not healthy. You, you don't have your eye on what you should be working on. But what I'm saying is, a couple times a year know what your, know what your, yeah, you know, once a quarter, know, know what your competition is doing. You're going to need to do that for making sure that your pricing is in line and competitive, you know, things of that nature, but, um, get out there, do that competitor analysis and look at this as a way for you to fill the holes, a way for you to level up and evolve and serve your customers and clients in a much better way.
1: Also, I have one small recommendation when you're out there actually doing it. Enjoy it. Yes. Actually take some time and be the client. You know, stop trying to be the business owner doing so much research. Enjoy the experience so that you can feel what your clientele is feeling.
0: Yeah. Well, and also... check with your accounting professional on this. But I know for me, like anytime I would go to another city and get like a blowout or a mani-pedi or something like that, I that was always a business expense because that was competitor analysis. That was research. So, you know, you check with your tax professional on that, but job yeah, perks, right? Also enjoy yourself. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you guys tuning in and we hope that you'll let us know if this episode was helpful. Definitely you can find... Um, Me on social media, Instagram, at Damon Hart on Instagram.
1: And (coughs) check me out over at Selling the Naked Truth. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful
0: afternoon. Thank you. Our review it would mean the world to us as we continue to grow this selling the naked truth community of course you can always find us the old-fashioned way at SellingTheNakedTruth.com truth.com or at our instagram handles jason can be found at selling the naked truth on the gram and susan can be found at dame and heart